Boaters. Boaters, this is Paulie from All Docked Up Thursday Night Podcast. Never do I do a podcast without my main man, Captain Buzz. Captain Buzz, are you on the line, sir? Uh, Captain Buzz, standing by on 1-6, over. Uh, now you sound like a total Momo. How <laughs> you doing? Wait, wait. <laughs> wow. Yeah, nice to talk to you too, you son oh, of a dude, bitch. I am so miserable and pissed off after the day that I had. I can't, I'm telling you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a full venting mission because I, I lost a Bravo three today and I am so pissed. But do we're you, gonna get into that. Do you think our audience wants to hear you bitching the whole time? Absolutely they do, because <laughs> anyone else who's got a Bravo three can relate. Okay. All right. That's okay. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. So, you know, uh it's yeah, plus, you know, ninety some degrees outside. You know what I mean? I was getting skinnier by the moment out there today. It was something else. <laughs> oh yeah, I am. I am completely like hot today. I'm just venting, frustrated, and I'm going to share with everybody on how pissed off I really am. You have a because co- don't pl- please tell me you have a cocktail because the last time I might actually were- have to. Wa- yeah, I got a cocktail. I do too. And I I might have to walk away in the middle of this to make another cocktail so I don't blow a head gasket. All right. Uh, that's appropriate behavior. I can carry the day until you come back for the. With yeah, the everybody's listening. If there was a moment of silence, it's because Balo had to go make a cocktail because after the day that I had, any boater would be in tears as well. <laughs> um, you know, well, I'll tell you what, you know, let's start off, Buzzy. Let's talk captain's briefing. What do you got, Cap? All right, let's, let, let's talk about. Let's, let's talk about. Let's talk about. Visual distress signaling devices. <clears throat> Oh, I have a couple of visual distress signaling devices. Which way are we going with that? Yeah, not the, not, <laughs> not the one that's going to get you in that kind of trouble. This is supposed to save you, not get you in trouble. So, ah, I mean, that's up for argument. Because I know what you're thinking about. You know? I have a rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but I wanted to remind folks that uh, you can get one of those the electric or battery operated SOS handheld uh, signaling devices that will replace the, the the pyrotechnic device that you might have on your boat. So your modern flare, your modern uh, flare gun. Correct. Correct. Now, but I, I want everyone to understand the requirements for your size of boat. And I'm not going to go through them all here because it's quite the, quite the, li- the lengthy list. For boats under 16 feet, over 16 feet, over 40 feet, over 65 feet, etc. Um, but I think you'll find that that, that the, the handheld device is great for at night, right? The battery operated. But for during the day, you still need some type of a, a daytime signal. So again, there's, there's a lot of regulations. Do your homework and read that. But do understand that the Coast Guard does approve using that handheld battery instead of a flare gun or the handheld flares and so you don't you don't need to have those explosive devices on your boat now i i have some i've you know the uh, the cartridges are expired but they're still on the boat and you know i could use them if i needed to but i i, I also have the uh, an orange, i'll always have a, flag. Say, yeah yeah i'll yeah. always have a flare gun buzzy on board i i just i just feel comfortable having them you know, having one on board and, uh, yeah. And it's, it's waving your arms is also a distress signals. So don't forget about that too. So, all right, Paolo, what, what, what do you got for your detailers briefing this evening? 
I'll tell you what. I had the pleasure of detailing a pontoon boat this week, and uh, it was not a pleasure at all. Not at all. What? And I'll tell you why. Well, see, listen. I mean, when you're going into, when you go up to a boat, every single boat that we do, and every detailer can completely empathize with this statement. <laughs> you walk up to a boat and you start to ascertain what did I get myself into? So if you have the pleasure of detailing a boat that you've been working on over the years and you got the gel coat gorgeous and you got no blotch, you got no dry spots and everything's nice and even, you got no swirls and everything is just perfect. Those are an absolute joy because it's, you know, it's an easier day. You don't want to throw, you know, the buffer like a harpoon because you're ready to, <laughs> you know, snap somebody's neck. Okay. So pontoon boats, okay? If you own a pontoon boat, let me tell you something. You got to make sure that your seats are covered yeah. when you leave. The helm, the gel coat on the um, on a pontoon boat, especially pertaining to the helm or any bars, let's say you have a wet bar on board or, you know, because pontoon boats are built in so many different ways. They're so cool and I love them. You know, uh, I went out on... Uh, you know, uh, mutual friends of ours, Buzzy, Tommy, and Yvonne. Oh, and yeah. it's like sitting fun. on a couch. Yeah, it was you know, awesome. It's, it is beautiful. They're awesome, awesome, awesome boats for day boaters, recreational day boaters to bring your family out. But at the end of the day, if you buy a pontoon boat or you're thinking about buying a pontoon boat, when you're done at the end of the day, as much as this is going to potentially drive you bananas, you got to make sure that the seats are covered, that you have covers that snap in to protect the seats, you know, the vinyl seats. Yeah. Because they're wraparound cushions. It's like a long, you know, couch on these things. Okay. I, you know, and I, I got to tell you, because I was, I was writing notes as you're, as you're, I wrote down, I wrote it down wrong. I, wrote, I spelled it, I spelled it poon tune. So be careful when you're out on your poon tune. So when you're out on your poon tune, make sure you cover, oh, I'm sorry, your pontoon, make sure you're covering everything up. And listen, I get it. You know, you went out for the full day. You got a lot of sun. You're a little dehydrated. You had a lot of laughs. The family enjoyed themselves. You're doing some swimming. Um, but I will tell you what, the gel coat on the pontoon boats that they use, especially on the, you know, the flat surface, fiberglass surface, like the helm or the, the mobile, the bars that are on board, uh, the wet bars, whatever. It truly seems to be a much thinner gel coat and there's not enough product on there, and they oxidize so quickly that the one that I was working on, you know, was driving the customer nuts. And I got the boat all cleaned up. I did all the seats. I got the stains out of the floor. And and I got to throw love out to my main man, Cade, because Cade polished. He used a Flitz product. By the way, Flitz, oh, I yeah. love you. That's they are great product. Well, Buzzy, Cade did the tow bar on the backside of Chris's boat. Oh, and yeah. it was tarnished. He took, he took a Ryobi battery operated. His father bought one. So Cade is getting all, he's so excited. He's, he's a buffing man now. He's like, boy, <laughs> look what I can do. You know, this kid's got the greatest work ethic. I love this guy. He is a great friend. The whole family, I love them all so dearly. Good people. But Cade's sitting out there. He's got the flits and then he's got the, you know, um, a foam pad on the orbital and he's polishing this thing and he goes over it four or five times. There is aluminum oxide splatter all over the place. 
all over his face, all over his clothes. He's got it <laughs> all over the backside of the transom of the pontoon boat. The back seats, there's two uh, two beautiful, like, captain-looking seats that sit aft uh, of the helm. And the whole backs of them are covered in product. He's got it all over his face, and he's just going to town. <laughs> and, you know, he shines this thing up brand spanking new. You When, when the owners see it, they're going to be so proud of what they see because that was one of the pet peeves of the owner of the boat. I got it. And he's like, Paulie, just make sure that that thing shines. And um, I got one of the islands. To, I transformed it completely. It looks brand spanking new. Yeah, that. Uh, I had to put four coats of wax over top of it to get it to hold because it kept drying. So I stopped down day after day in route oh. to my next job because I'm like, it just keeps fading. And you know what saved it, Buzzy? Actually, I stole some ocean polymer off your boat from Ardex, and I put a couple of final coats on that. I had that's some. the only. I had some. I didn't think I had. Oh any. yeah, well, you have a lot less now, but <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> you got a lot less now. But I filled up a mustard bottle, and I'm like, you know what? I'm throwing product at this island on board to try to make something stick. Wet, you know, wet sanded it down. We'll use the wool pad, compounded it out. So I went over and over and I just kept stopping. Day one, it faded. It looked gorgeous day one. Day two, it started to fade. And I used another product. I finally started using the ocean polymer and it seems to be holding quite nicely, wow. but you got to let it completely dry. Yeah. Haze over completely. Let the actual glass, the fiberglass suck this in. I mean, dry. And because it, it needs every bit of it. So if you're going to buy one, and you got to make sure that you have everything covered because the sun will destroy those things. They'll destroy a pontoon boat. And honestly, in my professional opinion, my humble opinion, they get destroyed so much faster because so, there's so much open space to the, you know, to the sun. So it's probably good advice to put a protective polymer on there right from day one, right? Keep it protect. Uh, uh, and you're right, absolutely right. Put the cover on it to keep it out of the sun when you're not using it. Absolutely. Yeah. Buzzy, you nailed it on top of the head. Yeah. If it, just like we do with your boat, just like we do with mine, we always treat the seats. You know what I mean? We'll hit them up sometimes with a magic eraser. You're good now because we just had your whole cockpit interior redone. But in the grand scheme of things, if you get a brand new boat, get yourself some 3M Vinyl Restore Protect and Cleaner 303. Make sure you're using a product to keep the seats moist because the second they dry enough and you sit on them, the vinyl cracks, splits, cracks. It's no different than a cold crack on Isinglass or sheet glass. And, you know, once you're towards the end of the fall, when it starts getting cold in October, the sun will trash them, keep them moisturized, keep them covered. And yes, is it going to be fun at the end of the weekend when you just want to go home crash on the couch and eat something Come and, back the and next watch day. a movie. Yeah, whatever. Call your detailer. <laughs> if you do not have covers for your seats, get them made. If you can't find anybody to get your seats covered, you get in touch with Paulie or Captain Buzz from Old Doc Up, and we're going to take care of it. Don't, but don't forget to bring him a hoagie. And now we're square because yeah. I brought you a hoagie. Yeah, you brought me a hoagie three months later. So technically speaking, oh, if we whoa. go the Italian style, don't, I got to tax you. I got to tax you. Don't. I got to tax you. Don't lift. Don't look a gift hoagie in the mouth, dude. What are you? <laughs> All right, let's 
Let's let's get into a couple of topics because I know you have one that you're about ready to. Pop oh, up. Well, I you had a two. day. You have, you have two, so so. Oh yeah. Let, let me and, and I'll I'll uh, I'll downshift to gear because you're you're uh, you're fired up tonight. But I'll talk about <laughs> I'll talk about some boating terms and and uh, uh, the way the boat moves or motions uh, aboard your boat. So first word I want to talk about is pitch. And that's when the boat is going bow down, bow up, stern down, stern up, right? That 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 vertical up and down, right across the 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 down the center line. And then I want to talk about roll, right? Then it's that side to side when you're the boat is tilting. That's called and that's when roll. you want to throw up. <laughs> oh, well, it's lovely. Well, when you get a combination of those two, then it gets then it gets a little crazy. But then finally, you have yaw. And that's when the boat, y'all. The boat what is, is the y'all? <laughs> the boat is kind of skidding off to the side. So, if if you know, for us in the Upper Bay and obviously our home port, Chesapeake City, uh, when the uh, when the current is running and the boats are trying to pull in, there we 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 tend to call, "Hey, look at that guy! He's skidding." Well, that's a yaw. They're going kind of sideways, and it's and it's uh, it's it's trying to catch up to itself. So let me let me go one more topic and then I'll and then uh, then I'll let you uh, let you uh, have your rant because I know you're dying. Oh, I am. <laughs> so I want to talk about the difference between tide versus current. So the word tide is the vertical movement of water, right? The moon comes around and the water comes up and the water goes down. However, there's when the water's moving in and out, that's called current. And so when the when the, uh, the the tide we say the tide is coming up right that is a flood current right that is coming the water's coming in and when the tide is going out or the tide is going down that is an ebb an ebb current so just just know that because everybody all the tides coming in well that's that's uh, not necessarily the tide is coming up the current is coming in on a flood so anyway. Uh, you just one of those things, you know, when you're talking about the water. A you're lot of nerding people, it out. I love it. That's what I, I do. That's what I do. You know, you know it. We absolutely. That's why we love you, Buzzy. We love the awesome information that you deliver. And uh oh, uh oh, I got a little too much ice. Oh my goodness, we're we're, we're talking about y'alls and you know ebb tides and currents. That's beautiful. Love it. But I'm almost out of a cocktail. So. Um, you know, I'll tell you what, Buzzy. I need a cocktail. Well, this is code blue. I need a cocktail. Stat code blue. You, if you do, you need to go make one. I'll talk about spring lines. Hey, listen, go for the spring. Actually, I love. You know what? I love talking about spring lines because there's a lot of people that don't take the time to utilize a spring line properly on board, Buzzy. And I think it'll be awesome if you school them on it. So, well, and and it's 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 uh, it's a simple thing. But uh, you know you've got your boat tied into a slip of your 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 dock your you're rafted up with other boats, and if you want to keep your boot your boat from moving backwards, right, then tie a line on the back of your boat and move it forward to either the other boat cleat or or another cleat on the dock, and if you want to keep your boat from moving forward. Start your line on your boat on the forward and then walk it back to a cleat on the dock. So sometimes, and look, I've been there. 
I, I, I get the boat all tied up. There's a lot of things going on. I'm going, wait, I want to keep the boat from going back. What am I doing? I just, just remember that simple thing. If you want to keep it from going backwards, start on the boat on a, on a rear cleat and move forward. If you want to keep the boat from um, moving forward, start on a cleat on the bow and walk it back. So that, that And sometimes you can do a double spring. You don't necessarily have to use just one. You can double spring the boat as well. That is true. You can use a single cleat in the middle and uh, tie it tie it uh, to to both the stern and a bow cleat and keep it keep the boat from moving front to back. So okay, Paolo, you're, I know you're ready. You want to talk about? I had yeah, I got two topics. It all depends on how much I rant and rave about this one because I am pissed off. So today, you know, I'm in Annapolis. I'm running the boat over to the marina to get yanked out. I did. Um, I took a run yesterday. The boat was in the water all winter long, so we definitely got some buildup, some barnacle on on you know on the on the props. And boat's got to be hauled, bottom painted. Let's blast off the bottom Fourth of July. I was giving her a fresh tune up, and uh, everybody. I have Bravo threes. Okay. The the Mercruiser are Bravo threes. And let me tell you, son of a. So, uh, you know, I've had this boat since 05, bought a brand spanking new, and I am now going to have to go on my third outdrive. And I, I've had it. I have had it. I have had it. Somebody. So the boat comes out of the water. They blast everything off. They go to haul. They, you know, we're doing. We're, it was going to be a short haul. I was on board uh, when and, you blew the last one. <laughs> oh God, I was pissed. So they block the boat. Okay, travel lifts gets ready to move away, and I see outdrive oil that's coming in right behind the seal of the prop shaft. Okay, now I'm pissed. Okay, so uh, there's some learning lessons to understand here. That if you're going to buy a boat with a Bravo three, that I want to under makes you want you understand the shit storm that you're going to get yourself into because I have a love hate relationship with this product. Okay. Mercruiser's got this drive. They do perform exceptionally well in reverse. If you are running a single 350 mag MPI, if you're running a 454, if you're running a, you know, a five Oh, whether it's a Volvo Penta duo prop system, but we're going to, I'm, I'm venting with Merc right now that, they're a great performing product. I have no, I have no problem with that. But somebody explained to me the drive is rotted. Okay. Common problem. You got two stainless steel props that are butted up to it, you know, an aluminum outdrive. So you will naturally have a chemical reaction. And because you have stainless steel props, it's going to, you know, rot out the drive. So now I'm furious and I'm going through this in my head. We have already repacked the seal on the lower unit once before, which means you're not doing it again. You're just not doing it again. So it, it gets worse. So the mechanics say, Paulie, we got, you know, I'm like, well, let's yank the drive off. Let's put it on a stand and let's separate the upper and the lower six to bolts. see what's going on. Six bolts. Yeah, six bolts and a shift <laughs> cable. Okay. What a pain in the ass, you know, and, and on doing the bellow. But uh, the the main shaft bellow, and uh, we start we go ahead and we separate it. The lower seal gaskets on the upper, 
have failed as well. Oh, now oh, I am dude. super pissed. Dude. So, you know, there are different gear ratios on these Bravo 3 outdrives. 2.0, 2.2, and the lower one is, is, is evading my brain. Forgive me. But I'm looking at it. I cross-reference the original uh, serial number from the original paperwork, which was the outdrive that was proprietary that came on from the factory. So the last outdrive that I bought, come to find out, I've been running a 2.2 gear ratio versus 2.0, which I bought the last outdrive. They're like, Paulie, you know, well, we have a redone outdrive. It's been pressure tested. I'm like, yeah, no, thank you. Send me a brand new outdrive out of the box with a warranty. And let's call it a day. But, but, I'm not here to mess around with but, it. But how would you have known that it was the wrong gear ratio? How, how do you tell? Is there a way to tell? I mean, how would well, you Well, technically speaking, so if you drop the lower unit down, you put it on a stand, and you take a pair of vice grips, put it right on top of the shaft, the shaft that connects from the lower unit of the Bravo 3 that connects to the upper portion of the Bravo 3, yeah. and you spin it five times, and you mark your spot, Okay, you can tell whether it's a 2.0 or it's a 2.2 based off of spinning it five, you know, five complete times. Mm, okay. That the prop should line up in a particular spot and you, you got to make your marks. And a mechanic was explaining it to me today. Interesting. And then he showed me what's going on. So that's, you know, uh, or you can pull the upper, uh, the cover off the upper unit and you can go ahead and, and, and you know, count teeth on the outdrive to see where you're at, you know, for a gear ratio. Okay, cool. All right. But when I when I order a product like that, well, I you just expect went off it the to, you expect it to be right because you gave them all the information. I expected it to be right. It was not the case, which I lost 800 Rs because I always thought that there was something else that was going on. Um, but yeah, I got to buy a new lower. I got to buy a complete outdrive. Now, the last one that I bought was roughly $5,700. S- so when I called the manufacturer today, one of one of the dealers that's on the all docked up platform for service, he says, Paulie, are you sitting down? And I am in a complete fit of rage. <laughs> and this gentleman knows me because I've been in the industry for a long time. And I'm like, Bob, I'm like, first of all, that better be the wholesale price that I'm getting for the business. That's number one. Because he's like, yeah, Paul, it's $9,200. Ouch. I, I almost flipped out so i don't know about the almost <laughs> you did oh no i completely flipped out <laughs> i no was so going on here. if someone explained to me with technology and modern manufacturing we make fabrics that stop bullets okay <laughs> we have fabric that doesn't catch on fire we can put somebody on the moon but we can't build an outdrive that doesn't rot and decay in the water okay oh. Because it's got stainless steel props on an aluminum outdrive. Like, how have we not figured this out yet? Because this is complete bullshit. Like, I mean, we're not talking three, four thousand dollars, okay? Um, oh my god, I was so angry. Um, and of course, supply so, and demand issues right now are bad. So this is number four, right? Because you had the no, no, no. This is number three. Yeah, the original, and you replaced it. I thought you replaced it twice already. Don't even remind me, because if I may have forgotten about one, then my blood pressure is going to go up even higher oh, well, no. than what it is right now. It was one when I bought it. We went through the original one replacement, now a third. Okay, so it'll be, okay got, got this will be the third outdrive. And I'm sorry, uh, they got to do something about this. If, if you are, listen, 
I would buy another set of Bravo three out drives if the boat sat up on a lift and never saw the inside of water. <laughs> okay. Then I would even remotely consider it. But I swear, to, you know, if you are going to buy a boat that the upkeep on this out drive is a raging pain in the ass. And then they have alternatives like the button or cathode systems buzzy. Right. I put we them, put on, them my on your 280. Absolutely. We put them on your 280 C right. Mm-hmm. I per you know, I put them on um, you know, on, on my boat. Um, and there's three different level sense. Uh, there's a black box mercathode, blue box mercathode, and a red box mercathode system. Yep. yep. Um, that goes to, and that's the amount of counteraction that it, you know for the electrolysis of the current that's in the, the water. The uh, galvanic corrosion. Go ahead. Thank you. The galvanic corrosion system. Bafangul. <laughs> the, cor- the corrosion system. Did you just give me a distress signal? <laughs> oh, I just gave you a distress signal, all right, dude. I'm telling you, I'm pissed because we're talking nine grand. Oh, dude, Th- that is insane. And I'm sorry, Buzzy. Have we or have we not followed the letter of care to our outdrives? Now you got a pair of big diesels now with twin screws where you're two and a quarter inch shafts <laughs> up your ass. Okay, well, but you're the lucky one. Hey, look, I have, uh, I have. Um, taken a wire brush and sandpaper and treated your drive many times and primed it and painted it. Oh yeah, we've, Buzzy, we've taken Kat, care. Of it. You've done a better. You listen, you, everybody. Nobody does the paint job on an out drive. <laughs> I don't care if it's a Bravo, an Alpha. Nobody does a better job than Captain Buzz uh, because the patience that the man has. Um, I mean, recently he's been a little snotty, but I mean, outside well, of that well, he's pretty I, good. I, I, Whoa, okay, go. You're ready to retire. If you don't retire, I'm going to kill you. But (laughs) please, I mean, we have followed service, recommended service down to the letter of the law. And this son of a bitch still just sits there and rots in the water, swapping these systems out, updating everything. And I'm sorry, it doesn't need to be this way. It, I'm sorry. It just does not. Yeah, that hurts. This is insane. That hurts. That that's a it's it's it's, it's almost like a, um, a purpose built replaceable part for nine grand. Get the hell out of here. I'm sorry. I just don't think that it is fair in any way, shape, or form, or it's even justifiable that you know you expect a boater. That, you know, oh, you know, and, and now that I'm thinking about it, so the boat's in 05, and then it was 2012, the end of the season of 12, because it was the beginning of season of 13. Yeah. Buzzy, when we were up at the hard on, at Locust Point, when I showed up, all the outdrive oil came out of the lower unit, remember? It killed all the grass that was growing right below the outdrive. Six bolts. Yeah, I remember that very well. Okay. Um, you know, um, it, it, this is crazy. This is craziness. And now I'm sitting here going, okay. He's just, so the service guy's like, Paul, I got a lower unit, you know, that we can just do the lower on it and just do the upper seal kit on the drive. And it's going to cost you $5,200. And I'm like, okay, that's it. I have had it. Um, uh, I'm just frustrated. I, I, and so if you are going to buy a boat, with a set of Bravo 3s on it. I like how they perform. They are phenomenal in reverse. I don't want to, you know, crap on them totally. But from the, you know, from the electrolysis that takes place. Galvanic um, corrosion. I'm sorry. I'll give you the galvanic corrosion right upside your head. 
Okay. The Govada corrosion is, uh, it's too much. They got to figure out something better with this drive because uh, if that's going to be the case, this is going to be the last boat I ever own with Bravo 3s ever. Wow, dude. I, and I feel for you. That is a season-ending piece of ass. That's terrible. That's just, uh, that's, a, that's, a tough, that's a tough pill. I, I, and from what I was told that Mercury, or Mercruiser, I'm sorry, since the shortages or the pandemic, you know, uh, the, the supply chain issues, that they're not doing remand drives. You, they stopped doing the remand drives, supposedly, he told me two years ago. Oh, no. And we're not even able to get a remand drive. So you have to buy brand spanking new, which, listen, I'm okay with the warranty. I'm okay with having a brand new product on board. I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with spending $9,200 to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. And the boat is 17 years old and has been maintained with an open checkbook since day one. Right, right, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I, I, no, this is, this is crazy. So please beware, you know, and I know, you know, like Volvo, for an example, they did composite drives. Um, you know, I, I actually, we just did, and Buzzy, you know what I'm talking about. We just swapped out one of the drives off of a mutual friend of ours. Mm, yeah. You know, um, and the ones that we had, uh, the 289 Monterey that we had to do the heads on um, that, you know, our buddy did. Um, and the composite drives were a problem. You could, you know, whack something in the water and the outer casing shattered. It didn't rot in the water. But the outer casing was entirely too brittle, and they would just, you know, implode. Yeah, that, that was that was someone trying to solve the the uh, galvanic corrosion, but went to the extreme and made it too brittle. But look, yes, and listen, I'm all about trying the engineering. I understand that this is not easy, but not at the expense of I'm, the consumer. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. There's got to be something done. Uh, on this particular case, so that's my rant and rave. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, and 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 you you uh, you express that you got it out and uh, and and I and I, dude, I, I feel for you. That that just is is a is a tough spot to be in. Um, but you also had a, another topic that you wanted to talk about. You wanted to talk about wave runners. I want to talk about some safety issues and some safety concerns and rules and regulations pertaining to running a personal safety or uh, a personal watercraft, a PWC. Uh, there's some regulations because let's face it, since, since the boating boom, there are so many more jet skis and wave runners that are out there. So go ahead. So and I now, just want to, you can nerd out on this. <laughs> yeah, because there's some, I see a lot of stuff and buzzy, you know, how many times have we been running, you know, your boat down, uh, up and down the bay, she throws a really nice wake, you know, when you're underway, especially if you just bog, you know, slow her down just a little bit. It's it's a wave runner's dream because you can launch these things off of your wake. But <laughs> they've been airborne. If there are, no doubt about it. They've been airborne and it's a lot of fun, but there's a lot of dangerous, you know, things that can happen right behind that. Number one, please be at least 16 years of age to be able to operate one. Right. Make sure that you have a, you know, United States Coast Guard approved life jacket. But here's another thing that people may or may not know that you have to carry a certificate um, with your boater safety education uh, if you're born after July 1st of 1972. Oh, good point. Um, yeah. That's another thing. Some people are grandfathered in if you were born before 72 or say if 1972. I would be grandfathered. Um, yeah, because, you know, you're getting up there, but we love you. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't knock you for that. 
you old bastard. Um, maintain six knots or slower within 100 feet of another personal watercraft, vessel, onshore, pier, a piling, a brig structure, an abundant, or especially, number one, especially when there are people in the water. That's big. Okay? 100 feet, you got to stay, wow. That... 100 feet rule wow. that you want to keep a safe maintaining distance. And that's even with the other person that you are riding with. Because everybody likes to grab their buddies and go out on the wave runners and, and hit the waters and fly around and enjoy themselves. 100 feet when you're in operation because it's so easy to get caught up in the moment and 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 you're doing tricks on on your wave runner right. you're jumping waves <clears throat> you know well, they're fun and you're yeah. right about getting caught in the moment cuz they're, they're really fast they're really fun but yeah you got to pay attention to the rules and regulations so go ahead this is good stuff but also on a personal watercraft along with you know a lot of boats out there that it's equipped with an operating self uh circling device or a kill switch a lanyard yeah. you fly off it kills the machine instantly and either doesn't run you back over or doesn't hit somebody, you know, that you're, you know, any anything that you're circled around, okay? Yeah, um, good stuff. Because I'm seeing a lot of it. People are out there. Listen, I am all about, you know, having fun. I'm all about testing the abilities of a wave runner and launching them 30 feet in the air. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I have no problems with it. But just remember that, too, that the fines can be up to $500 for violating these regulations. Um, uh, and they're out there patrolling that stuff. No doubt about it. Well, listen, they're absolutely, you know, definitely. But here's another thing that's really, really important. Wave runners don't have running lights. So you have to operate between sunset and sunrise. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to be, you know, oh, my goodness, you know, oh, I'm going back to the dock and it's already dark. No, you got to have that thing safely on the trailer. Okay, before, uh, you know, uh, before the sun sets, um, you know, jump or attempting to jump the wake of another vessel within 100 feet of that vessel is prohibited. You're not supposed to be doing that. If you're operating your PWC within 300 feet of people in or on the water surf fishing activities in the Atlantic Ocean, that's another one. 300 this feet. Wow. Okay. It says right. you may not operate within 300 feet of people in the, in the water. water or surf fishing during those activities in the Atlantic Got Ocean. Okay. Um, ride responsibly, everybody. We all want to be out there. We want to have ourselves a lot of fun, but you can get caught in a very, very dangerous situation very easily and very quickly. Um, you know, the, the, the regulations, listen, we all get it. They're, they're tough, and sometimes they, in, you know, impede on having fun. But they're designed to help prevent accidents from occurring, and the fines are there if need be. Um, and, you know, people can get hurt. People can get killed Paolo, very easily. Uh, I got to tell you, you sounded like me on that last segment. You nailed it, dude. Nice work. <laughs> Listen, I, I know on the, you know, on the podcast, I'm the funny guy. And, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm exceptionally educated you know, I'm a thesaurus, a dictionary of knowledge in the industry, especially since I work on this stuff every single solitary day. But I'm the first guy who loves to go out having fun. And another thing, don't be getting loaded and having cocktails and going out there running a PWC. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Please don't be doing whoa, that. Whoa. Well, look, dude, we are uh, we're at the end. Hell, we're past the end. Uh, uh, another uh, another fun-filled uh, 35 minutes of. Uh, 
of topics, of safety, of laughter. Um, this is Captain Buzz standing by on 6-8. This is Paulie standing by on 6-8, everybody. Don't forget, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, podcast at alldockedup.com. If you are a you know institution that wants to sponsor one of the All Things Boating uh, podcasts with Paulie and Captain Buzz, we are open to it. We have many who do it all the time. Podcast at alldockedup.com. Everybody have yourselves a great night. Thanks, everyone.